in Luke chapter 4 and verse 16, Jesus steps into a synagogue. Scripture says concerning Jesus that he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, came back to the place that he was raised. And his custom, as his custom was, he went into the synagogue. You won't find many times throughout the rest of his life where he did what was according to his custom. In fact, the rest of his ministry and life was spent turning their customs upside down. But this time, he obeyed the custom and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And there was delivered to him the book of the prophet Isaiah or Isaiah. And when he opened the book, the word of God, he found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. He closed the book, gave it again to the minister and sat down, and the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. The Lord brought this passage of scripture to me this very morning. I couldn't help but realize that this really encapsulates the identity of a harvest. When he said, I'm here to preach the gospel to the poor, heal the brokenhearted, deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, and liberty to the bruised. And I can't help but feel in my spirit, as I know the spirit is upon me and he is upon you. That we as a church, we have entered into a season of harvest. And so with the help of the Lord, I don't have a sermon, but I just have a word to tell you today. And I'm just going to talk to you for a moment about the harvest. Would everybody say the harvest? You may be seated in Jesus' name. In this same chapter of the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4. Jesus had just been baptized, gone into a wilderness where he fasted and prayed for 40 days. And being tempted of the devil three times. After refusing his appetite to eat and to drink and resisting the temptation from Satan. Scripture says that when he went into the wilderness... He was full of the Holy Ghost. But following this fast, this prayer, and this resistance of temptation, Scripture says he came out of the wilderness in the power of the Holy Ghost. And then he did as his custom is. He went to the synagogue to speak to the synagogians. That's the word I made up for him. 
first church of the synagogue. This was something rare. Because not often would Jesus find himself preaching to the saints of the synagogue. As I've already stated, the rest of his life and ministry would be spent preaching to prostitutes. Diseased. Sick. Leprous. Hurting. Hungry. Thirsty. And even the dead. <laughs> but here, he thought, I'll give him one sermon in the synagogue. Almost as if it were a forewarning. Warning them what was about to take place. And so he did as his custom is. He went to the synagogue. Obeyed the custom. Stood up to the pulpit as it were and took the scroll, the word of God, opened up to uh, the book of Isaiah. He found the place where it said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. You can't fast and pray for 40 days and not have the spirit of the Lord resting upon you. But you also can't have the spirit of the Lord resting upon you without there being a purpose of his spirit resting upon you. And so he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor and heal the brokenhearted, deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and give, to li give liberty to them that are bruised for the acceptable, for this is the acceptable year of the Lord. It's interesting because following this little sermon he had, it says that he closed the book, gave it back to the minister, and sat down. Didn't even give an altar call, just said, here's the sermon. Is that good enough for you? And it says that all the eyes of the saints of the synagogue just looked at him. Apparently, there were no broken-hearted people in that crowd. Apparently, there were no captives in that crowd. Apparently, there were no blind or sick or hurting in that crowd. Apparently, there were no bruised or oppressed in that crowd. So he sat down and they just looked. As he said, this is what I've come to do. Just looking deeply or a little bit deeper into these five or six things that Jesus said he was here to do. Studying them out just very briefly, of course, speaking the gospel to the poor and healing the brokenhearted are pretty self-explanatory. When he says deliverance to the captives, and I looked this up in the original language, it literally said, the captives will be released. When he said, I'm here to bring recovery of sight to the blind, there is an affirmative statement that says in the Greek language, it says the blind will 
see. When he says, I'm here to give liberty to the bruised, in the original language there, the bruised says, these are those who are crushed, broken, and oppressed. And the statement that I found in the original language says that the oppressed will be set free. The acceptable, for this is the acceptable year of the Lord. And that translates to the Lord's favor has come. The Lord's favor has come. These affirmative statements of declaration that I'm here to preach the good news to the poor and the brokenhearted will be healed and the captives will be released. The blind will see. The bruised, the crushed, the broken, the oppressed will be set free. Because the Lord's favor has come. I have prepared and prayed and fasted. And so I tell you humbly before the Lord that his spirit is upon me. And God has brought me here to this pulpit today to let you know that we are in the middle of a harvest season. Because the the favor of the Lord is upon us today. We're not waiting for a harvest. We're not waiting for a harvest. But the harvest is here right now. Would you clap your hands under the Lord and just declare that with faith with me? The harvest is here right now. The harvest is here right now now do we have anybody in here today that's a first time guest with us would you just wave your hand at me if you're a first time you've never been to this church this is your first time would you just wave a hand at me first timers anybody any first timers i may not be able to see you anybody see any first timers any second timers here we got a second timer right here and right here praise god any third timers this is your third fourth or fifth time someone within the first five, maybe the first ten times, would you raise your hand? Come on. Anybody that this is about your 2,558th time, would you raise a hand? I just kind of point that out to you. We got a couple of people that said this is their second time. I'm not sure if I saw anybody who raised their hand that said this is their first time and I didn't see you. Forgive me. I've got the spotlights of Broadway in my eyes. So you just have to forgive me. We're thankful for those who are here for the first time, for those, for everybody that's here. But Jesus said in Luke chapter 10 and 2, he said that the harvest is great. The harvest is great. Somebody say it's great. It's not just a good harvest, but it's a great harvest. He says, but the laborers are, are few. So pray you therefore, pray to the Lord You don't have to pray to the harvest. Pray to the Lord of the harvest. Pray that he would send forth labors into where? 
pray that he would send forth labors to church. No, he says, pray that the Lord would send labors into the harvest. I'll make one kind of hard statement and we'll get beyond it. All right. If you're not recognizing the harvest around you, it's because you're not in the harvest field. He says, pray that I would send you into the harvest. He didn't say, pray that I would send the harvest into you. Pray that I would send you into the harvest. The late Billy Cole often talked about how people waste their time praying and praying and praying. God, send it here, send it here, send it here, send it here. Instead, what we need to pray, be praying is, God, where are you already doing it? Send me there. Send me to where you're already pouring it out. Send me to where there are hungry people ready to be revived by the Holy Ghost. And I just sort of tell you today, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a visitor here myself. I don't really call this my home just yet. We've been here for a few weeks and, and y'all fed me pretty good. I feel like calling this my home because I've been eating so good here. and Y'all have been so nice to us, taking good care of us. Man, I hardly want to leave. But I'm telling you what, I feel like the Lord has brought me here because he said I'm bringing you to where I'm already pouring out my spirit Uh, you don't have to pray God send the harvest to me I'm bringing you to the harvest of Palm Bay I have already prepared a harvest there so I'm bringing you there Uh, so I'm just letting you know I didn't bring the harvest in my suitcase Uh, I didn't bring the revival in my luggage Uh, no I came here because there was already a harvest going on Uh, there was already a revival going on Uh, The fire was already falling here. People were already getting the Holy Ghost here. That's why I'm here. I came because the harvest is here. I just feel to talk about harvest because we just need to keep ourselves prepared at all times for what is taking place right now. We are setting ourselves up, if you noticed on the announcements earlier, if you, if you pay attention to those, um, I hope you do, because on March the 19th, 20 and 21st, our designated, focused, intentional days of harvest. It is an event where we will see a harvest. We're having an outpouring, a crusade of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, where we have secured a reservation with Uh, An agreement with the Bayside High School football stadium. I don't know if you understand what I just said, but that is unprecedented. Never in my nearly nine years of preaching in North America have I ever stepped foot into a football stadium for a Holy Ghost crusade here in North America. It's, It's been happening overseas. It's been happening on foreign soil. But God has given a vision to your pastor and their leadership that it's time to see here what we see over there. It's time to do here what we do over there. You see, it's easy for us to go overseas and declare with boldness and authority the word of God. uh, Because there's something about us when we get overseas that all fear uh, and hesitation is gone. uh, And so we've made up our minds. uh, We are done operating by fear. We're done being held back by hesitation. uh, We're going to operate here uh, just like we operate over there. uh, And we're going to see a harvest here uh, just like we see uh, over there. 
And God has confirmed the vision that he has given your pastor and this leadership by giving us an agreement with the high school football stadium. That is amazing. Can we just give God worship and glory for God's provision? On March 19, 20, and 21, we are going to have an event. And there is going to be an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And there's going to be a harvest. But I tell you this. Marathon runners don't just run on the marathon day. They don't just show up to the Boston Marathon after eating hot dogs and cheeseburgers the last three months. And sitting and watching TV all day. And show up and say, time to run 20-something point, whatever miles. Marathon runners are marathon runners by their daily identity. They run every day. The reason why most of them will schedule events, and I've studied some of this where, where uh, former professional athletes who are now retired, they want to stay in shape. They want to stay motivated. They want to stay active. They say the best thing that you can do to stay active is Uh, Schedule yourself into an event Schedule yourself into a tournament Schedule yourself if you play basketball Schedule yourself into a recreational basketball tournament Where you already purchased the ticket Schedule yourself a marathon A 5k, a 10k So you can have the carrot in front of the mule So to speak So you can have the incentive Now I'm going to practice And I'm going to put forth effort And I'm going to think about it And prepare for it And I'm going to uh, exercise every day Preparing for the event But I'm not going to let the event define who I am the, defense, the, the event is what uh, motivates me to keep moving and exercising and practicing every day. The event on March the 19th is not what we will be defined by. We are defined by who we are every single day. Uh, I'm not apostolic on March the 19th. Uh, I'm not just apostolic on March the 20th. Uh, we're not just going to see a harvest uh, at the outpouring crusade on March the 19th. Uh, we are apostolic today. We are Pentecostal tomorrow we are Christian the next day we are Jesus believing apostolic Christians every day we are harvesters every day not just harvesters when we have a crusade we are harvesters every day and I believe that in these last days we ought to prepare ourselves to be a harvester every single day you never know You never know who you could meet. You never know who you could talk to. Just a few days ago, my my wife took my our son um, to get some lunch or to get some dinner, and ended up the, the restaurant was mostly empty. But started talking to a stranger there in the restaurant and started talking to him and and started witnessing to him. And he said, "Man, this must be of God because last week I came here and and." There was a group of other Christians there who were witnessing to him. Two times in a row that this man went to this restaurant, there was a Christian believer witnessing to him. And he said, this must be of God. He said, can I have the name of your church and the address and the times? I want to be there. Obviously, God is reaching for me. After this morning service, uh, the 8.30 service, uh, Bradley, I believe, is it Bradley? Bradley came up to me, the young man. He came up to me and he said, he's in our Harvest in Motion class. 
an outreach class on Wednesdays. And he said, Chris, we went out and did outreach, a group of us. And if you're here, uh, holler at me. If you were with Bradley, anybody here? All right. We got some people who were with Bradley. He came and told me, he said, we passed out stuff. We did outreach. And, and he said, we, we, we were talking to people. He said, man, we did exactly what you told us to do. We passed out Rice Krispie treats. <laughs> I said, that's where it's at. <laughs> I said, that's where it's at. Amen. But he told me about, he had at least eight people that came to him and said, we want to come to church. We want to get your contact. We want to come. He said, I'm not sure if they'll be here today. He said, but I had at least eight people tell me, we want to come to church with you. What I'm saying is, is you never know who you're going to meet. You're never, you never know who you're going to come in contact with. In fact, we were just at the Olson's church for a conference this weekend. And I, I've been in church like eight times since last Sunday. I'm ready to go to heaven <laughs> and rest and rest. I've been in a lot of church this week. That's why my voice is a little down. My energy might be a little down, but my spirit is high. Amen. And uh, we were in church a lot this week. And um, Brother Olson told me, he said, we had revival with Brother Dylan Morgan. Anybody remember him? <laughs> He's off on his honeymoon, pray for them in Jesus' name. And we're going to have a good time next week when they're here. But he said when Brother Dylan Morgan came here for revival, he said a first-time visitor showed up. And he said this first-time visitor uh, was just walking uh, along the road and, and was going through a situation of depression and brokenness. And, and they didn't know which way to turn. And where they stood in the street, they just looked down and there was a flyer, an invitation to Brother Olson's church. He said, I picked up this, or it was a lady. She said, I picked up the invitation. And I said, God is obviously speaking to me. God is reaching for me. I'm going to go to this church. That lady went to that. In fact, I forgot a part of the detail. It was a Friday afternoon that she found that flyer. And she said, well, I bet, no, I bet they don't have church on Friday. She read the fine print. and It said revival with Brother Dylan Morgan, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So it said they were having church on Friday. She went to church that night and was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and was baptized in Jesus' name. We never know who we will come into contact with. We don't know who God is always, he's reaching for everybody, but we don't know who's hungry and reaching back for him. There is a harvest right now. As I've mentioned already, I am trying to iterate and reiterate. I'm trying to impart just a word of faith. That this church is in a season of harvest right now. Would somebody say amen? amen? I understand that the circumstances and situations of which surround us can seem to contradict this word of faith. But notice what God says through the prophet Joel in Joel chapter 3 verses 9 through 14. Scripture says, proclaim ye this among the Gentiles. That's you. That's me. We are the Gentiles. He said, proclaim this prophecy, if you will, to the Gentiles. Prepare war. Wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. In the New Living Translation, I'll just show you kind of how it says it. It says in verse 9, it says, get ready for war thought I was preaching about harvest. Just hang on. Get ready for war. Somebody say war. war. Call out your best warriors. Let all your fighting men advance for the attack. Verse 10. Hammer your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Train even your weaklings to be warriors. Verse 11. Come quickly all you nations everywhere. Gather together in the valley 
And now... O Lord, call out your warriors. Verse 12. Let the nations be called to arms. Let them march to the valley of Jehoshaphat. Notice the context. War and valleys. He says, there I, the Lord, will sit to pronounce judgment on on them all. Verse 13. Swing the sickle. For the harvest is ripe. The harvest is ready. Come, tread the grapes, for the wine press is full. The storage vats are overflowing with the wickedness of these people. Watch this, verse 14. You ready? Thousands upon thousands are waiting in the valley of decision. There the day of the Lord will soon arrive. He says, go ahead and get ready for war. And go ahead and go to the valley. He said, because I'm going to be in the valley. He said, and there's going to be people in the valley of decision. There are people right now in Palm Bay uh, sitting in the valley of decision, uh, not knowing what choice to make. Uh, How am I going to get through this? Uh, How am I going to make it out of this darkness? Uh, But here comes the church uh, of Acts. Uh, Here comes the East Wind Pentecostals. Uh, Let me tell you uh, what choice to make. Uh, His name is Jesus. Uh, his His name is Jesus. Somebody shout it with me. Get ready for war. But get ready for the harvest of souls. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing that in the same context he says, get ready for war get ready to fight get ready to march get your warriors ready and get the weak ones prepared to fight are you ready to fight or are you just ready to go to church are you ready to pray or are you just ready to go to church are you ready for the harvest or are you just ready for the mundane the routine the ritual I don't know about you but I'm ready for the harvest He says, swing your sickle into the field. Somebody just take your hand and begin to swing that sickle into the harvest field. I know it looks like war, but God sees the harvest. I know it looks like a battlefield, but I see a revival field. I see a harvest field. I see it. I see drug addicts being delivered. I see souls being saved. I see the dead being raised. Swing the sickle you may be seated for a moment I'll give you this very quickly John 4 Jesus is teaching them. In verse 35, he says, 
do not say that there yet be four months and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields. They're white and all ready to harvest. Can I just challenge you? This isn't a rebuke. This is an encouragement. Can I, can I challenge you? From this day forward, don't say revival's coming. Don't say harvest is coming. Say it's here right now. Jesus said the harvest is great and it's here right now. Don't say in four months. Don't say on March the 19th. It's here right now. He goes on and he teaches them. He brings up a common saying in verse 37. He says, and herein is that saying one sows and another reaps. He's saying to them, he says, I understand the saying and it's true. One sows and one reaps. Watch what he says in verse 38. I sent you to reap. I understand there's sowers and reapers. But you're the reapers. That whereon you bestowed no labor, other men labored and you entered into their labors. In the New Living Translation, it says it like this. I sent you to harvest where you did not plant. Others had already done the work. And now you will get to gather the harvest. Bishop Myers, off the top of your head, do you know how long you and your precious family have been here in Palm Bay? Nearly 50 years. Somebody give honor to that. Were were you the first apostolic family to come here into Palm Bay? There was already five families preceding their arrival. Generations passed here in Palm Bay of prayers and fastings and weeping, sacrifice, laborers, sowers, sowing the seed. I am telling you, under the unction of the Holy Ghost, we are the reapers. We will march into a field of harvest that we did not sow. They sowed it. We're about to reap it. You would think that it could seem a discouraging moment for someone of years gone by. They've prayed for decades and fasted and sowed seeds and labored and sacrificed and said, well, we didn't see the harvest. Hebrews 11 talks about those who were promised who did not see the fulfillment of the promise. I'm going to talk about that later tonight, so I'll just leave you hanging. A little advertisement. And, but the scripture also talks about there that we are compassed about by a great cloud of witnesses. Those that have gone on to their great reward who may have thought for a moment, was my labor in vain? They now peek over the balcony of paradise and they realize my labor was not in vain. And this is just, this is just me, okay? I feel like we have elders who have gone on to their great reward who are looking over that balcony of paradise saying to us, 
if you could just see what I can see. Because no longer are they confined by a vision of time, a measurement of time, but they can see as it's coming together. They can see the intersection of prayer and promise. They can see the intersection of sowing and reaping. And I'm here to let you know that the Lord has shown me it's here right now. That great cloud of witnesses that stands on the balcony of heaven. They're saying, my prayers weren't in vain. I see it. Oh my goodness, I see it. Do you see the thousands that are about to get the Holy Ghost at that high school football stadium? But that's not the only thing they're rejoicing about. They're saying, it's time now. It's the season of harvest. It's here. There is a harvest. You are the reapers of this final day harvest. Our musicians could come in Revelation 14. John the Revelator said, I looked and behold a white cloud. This is the vision of the last days which are right now. He said, I looked and behold a white cloud and upon the cloud set like one unto the Son of Man. In other words, I, I saw Jesus sitting on this cloud having on his head a golden crown and in his hand a sharp sickle. That's what they used to harvest the grain. In verse 15 he says, And another angel came out of the temple crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, Thrust in thy sickle and reap! For the time has come for thee to reap. For the harvest of the earth is ripe. In the modern translation, I'll just read it one more time for you to digest it a little bit deeper. It says, another angel came from the temple and shouted to the one sitting on the cloud. Swing the sickle. For the time of harvest has come. The crop on earth is ripe. It's ready. Somebody say it's ready. I just feel to pray right here for just a moment. God, the harvest is ready. The harvest is ready. I hear a voice crying back saying, are my reapers ready? Are my reapers ready? (laughs) Is my church ready? Are my people ready? Because the harvest is ready. Don't say in four months. Don't say in six weeks on March the 19th. Say right now. He said, lift up your eyes. Look up. The harvest is ready. The harvest is now. The harvest is now. I feel the Spirit of the Lord upon me to preach the gospel to the poor. I feel the Spirit of the Lord upon me to bring healing to the brokenhearted, deliverance to the captive. The blind will see. The crushed, the broken, the oppressed will be set free. For the Lord's favor has come upon us now. This is the harvest season. This is the harvest. Would you just lift your hands for a moment? Would you let the Lord just minister to you for a moment? I feel the voice of the Lord just ministering to somebody right now. Come on, would you let the Lord just minister to you for a moment? Come on, 
Would you stand together? I'm going to give some instruction very quickly. We're going to have an altar call. I told my wife, I had a little bit of pride come up in me this morning. First of all, it's Valentine's Day. And I didn't have any flowers. I never been a big, big fan of Valentine's Day. I never understood it. I love my wife every day. But I've succumbed to the fact that my wife likes Valentine's Day. And after seven Valentine's Days together, I told her this morning, I said, baby, if you like Valentine's Day, I like Valentine's Day. If you want to celebrate it, I'll celebrate it. Because happy wife, happy life. But that just means we need to celebrate my birthday for a few extra days too. Because that's what I want to do. So you got to, no, I'm kidding. But I told my wife, I had a little pride in me this morning. Because this, this not concept, but this truth of the harvest has been upon me. Prayed and talked to Brother Richie. I've talked to Brother Myers. And I said, we are in the harvest right now. They, as the leaders of this church, have confirmed and believed that. And and, uh, so in my pride this morning, I thought, okay, we're going to see who needs to be harvested in Sunday morning service. I said, I'm going to go up to the pulpit, and I'm going to say, who needs the Holy Ghost? And if there's no one here that needs the Holy Ghost, I'm just going to say, we need to pray. (laughs) We don't need a sermon. We need to pray because there's no harvest here. We need to pray. As Jesus said, pray the Lord of the harvest. So that's what I was going to do. And then I prayed. God said, no, 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 no. My harvest is not one dimensional. And then that's why he showed me Luke chapter 4. I came to bring the gospel to the poor. I, pr- I came to bring recovery to the brokenhearted. And he says the, the blind are going to see, which it's not just blind. It's, it's those who are inflicted with a physical ailment. Those who are struggling physically, there's going to be healing for you. He says, I've come to bring, to deliver the captives. And he says, I've come to set free those who are oppressed, broken, bruised, and crushed. My harvest is not one dimensional just for people to receive the Holy Ghost. That's great. He said, but my harvest is for everybody. So when you pray for the harvest, don't just pray for the person that just needs to receive the Holy Ghost. Pray for the person that needs healing in their body. Pray for the person that, 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 that is poor in their spirit that needs the gospel. Pray for the person that is oppressed and bruised and crushed and broken. Pray for the person that needs to be set free. I told him this morning, I said, if you were broken, if you were the one that was broken and went to the hospital, the ER, the emergency room, looking for a doctor... But all the doctors were just in a room together working on each other. That would be kind of absurd, wouldn't it? They're all taking each other's temperature. They're all hitting each other's knee with that little hammer thing. Testing each other's vitals. And you're saying, hey, you're the doctor. I'm the patient. I need some help. That would be crazy, wouldn't it? We have people that need help. And in some places, they come into a church where all the doctors are just working on each other, praying for each other. This isn't that place. And what I've realized is that even doctors get sick. I'm no doctor. But even doctors have to make a doctor's appointment. Because doctors are human beings too. And here, 
In this church, we have a, a, a great sanctuary full of apostolic believers right now. But even apostolics get bruised. Even apostolics get poor in their spirit every now and then. Even apostolics get crushed and oppressed. And even apostolics deal with physical ailments. And so the Lord says, swing the sickle today. Swing that sickle out today. Because there is a harvest here right now. Before anybody comes to this altar, I want you to lift up your hands right now. And for just a moment, I want us to pray and say, Lord, I'm ready for the harvest. I'm ready for the harvest. I'm ready to be a laborer in the field. But God, I need a harvest maybe in me today. I need a harvest in my home today. I need a harvest in my body today. I need you to swing that sickle of harvest into my body today, Lord. I need you to help me. I'm hurting today. I'm bruised today, Lord. I need the harvest for me today sir you come stand right here come stand right here and just stand right here don't move don't move we're going to pray for you amen if there's anybody here that's never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues would you come stand with me right here right now if you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues would you come stand with me I'm asking our saints to look around do you see anybody that you think they might not have received the gift of God's spirit Uh, would you just go and invite them hey God wants to give you the Holy Ghost today Uh, would you like to come and receive prayer uh, that God will give you the gift of the Holy Ghost uh, speaking in other tongues today please don't leave right now Please don't leave. Just take a moment and pray before you leave. But before we pray, I'm asking, if you need to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, would you come forward? If you've already received the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues, would you raise a hand for just a moment? Now, to those hands that are down, I invite you. God wants to give you the gift of the Holy Ghost. There's a harvest for you. His sickle is being swung out among you today. If your hand is down, I want to invite you to come stand with me. We're not going to try to embarrass you, but if you would like to be prayed for to receive the baptism of His Spirit, I want to invite you to come. I also want to invite those to come who have never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. We had one baptized this morning in Jesus' name. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, I want to invite you to come stand with me. We're going to pray for you. For Jesus said, if you want to enter my kingdom, you must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. I'm inviting you to come right now for the harvest. The harvest is ready. The harvest is ready. I'm swinging the sickle right now and I'm not going to stop swinging I'm swinging the sickle come here brother what's your name we've got one friend that came down we got a brother that came down I'm swinging the sickle right now I'm determined. I know there's others. You've never received the gift of God's Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Just like the Bible says, the Lord is swinging His sickle today. He is reaching for you. He is reaching to harvest you. He is reaching for you to be born again of the water and of the Spirit. Come on, somebody reach for somebody. If you know there's somebody that hasn't received the Holy Ghost, just swing the Lord's sickle right now. Go and invite somebody to this altar if you're unsure if they've ever received that gift in Jesus name in just a moment we're going to sing and we're going to worship 
But I wonder if there's anybody that has physical pain in their body and they need the Lord's anointing upon them today. Would you come to this altar? I wonder if there's anybody who's poor in your spirit today. You want to come to this altar, would you come right now? I wonder if there's any captives here today that say I'm a captive to myself, I'm a captive to sin, or I'm a captive of thoughts, I'm a captive of certain situations, and I need the Lord to deliver me today. Would you come to this altar? I wonder if there's any blind, any deaf, any afflicted, any bruised, any crushed, any broken, any oppressed that are dealing with situations that you just need to come and let the Lord's sickle be swung into your life right now. You let that harvest move into your life right now. Amen. In Jesus' name. Don't be shy. Come all the way up. Come all the way up. That's it. Come on. Come all the way up to the front. We're going to pray. The last call to this altar that I will give are to the reapers who are ready to see the harvest in your life. If you're ready for the Lord to use you for the harvest, I want you to come to this altar and join us right now. Your step of faith to this altar will be a sign to God that I am ready to be used as a reaper in this harvest. I am ready to be used for this last day harvest. I want you to come to this altar. Come on, get out of the aisle. Don't stay in the aisle. Get all the way up to the front. There's plenty of room all over this altar. We're praying with the outpouring crusade in our sights, but we're praying every day to the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers into that field. We're praying every day that the Lord would use us to swing that sickle into his field of the harvest. And God's doing it right now. Come on, press in, press in, press in. Where you can, press in. In Jesus' name. This is what we're going to do. And then y'all get ready to sing. If you have a specific need, as I've referenced, physical need in your body, if you're dealing with oppression, if you feel crushed, if you feel bruised, in just a second, I'm going to have you raise your hand. If a physical need, an emotional need, a spiritual need, you need direction from God. If there's something so specific that when you pray today, you're shooting your prayer into a bullseye target saying, God, I don't just need a touch. I need this very specific thing in my life today. Again, whether it be healing, a direction, deliverance, whatever it might be. If that's you, you have something very specific, very urgent. I want you to lift up your hands right now. This isn't everybody. This is those that have a very urgent, specific need. Now, to those that have their hands down, who you're ready to swing the sickle of the Lord for the harvest. I want you to go stand near somebody whose hands are raised right now. I want you to go stand near somebody whose hands are raised right now. I want you to ask them right now, what is your need today, friend? What is your need today that the Lord would have me come and pray for you about right now? What is your need today? 
We're going to pray the prayer of faith together, but I want you to ask them, what is your need today? Now, as your hands are lifted to those that have a specific urgent need, I'm now asking for those prayer warriors who are about to swing the sickle of the Lord for a harvest in this service. I want you to pray the prayer of faith with me right now. Would you say these words with me? By the authority of the word of God and by the power of the name of Jesus. God, pour out your spirit. Pour out your anointing right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Would you begin to pray right now?